Intel is the spark for the dreamers who do. They dream of a life with no diseases, of cleaner, greener, more reliable energy, of advancing education by bringing AI everywhere. Intel is the spark to start something new, to know that no dream is too daring when you have the right foundation. It starts with Intel. Learn more at intel.com slash starts. Put your pencils down, because it's time for the Star Seminar. And now, here are your hosts, Rabble Rouser and Danny Fenton. Yes, indeed, faithful scholars of Cowboys footballology, it is in fact another edition of the Star Seminar, your team taught class in all things Cowboys football. It is taught by me, Dr. Rabble Rouser. And the internationally famous Nobel Prize winner, Dr. Danny Phantom. How are you today, sir? Are you legally allowed to, to, to make up lies like that? Because uh, uh, no- Lies? If there was a Nobel Prize for Cowboys footballology, you would be the annual recipient, my friend. <sighs> no, yeah, no uh, that's kind words, sir. Uh, thank you for saying that. Of course, you know, you just think that you're uh, just trying to butter me up for uh, to put me in a good mood for a, a show, which uh, is kind of just your uh, MO for these things. But I, I am doing fine. Um, I will say I am feeling a little guilty, and I'm feeling guilty because uh, yesterday I had a couple of kids uh, show up at my door, and they were asking if they said, hey, I noticed you had some leaves on your lawn, and we want to know if I, we can just like rake your leaves for 10 bucks." And at first I was thinking, you know, you know, my, my initial thinking is like, yeah, I want to, I want to be helpful to these kids. That's, you know, they're working kids. And then I look at my yard and I have like seven leaves. Like I have, <laughs> I have nothing. It's like the dollar 25 a leaf. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they would be there 30 seconds. And then I start thinking like, oh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to be helpful, but I mean, this is, I don't, this does not seem like a, a fair sort of deal. So I ended up, ended up turning them away. Felt bad about it. But then also at the same time, I'm like, you know, I don't know what kids these days, like, I mean, do a lot of youngsters even do any work and sort of thing? Or it feels like there's not a lot of that going on. So it almost seemed like it was an opportunity to just get like a, a free 10 bucks because honestly, seven leaves is all that I had. But I do remember as a kid, I don't know why, but I, I have memory of always doing these little chores around the neighborhood and I was raking leaves for money and stacking firewood and just doing all kinds of cleanup stuff for like strangers that live there just, Mm -hmm. just to earn extra money. And I don't really now looking back on it, it's like, is that really what I should wanted to use my time for? But that's just kind of how, you know, how I was raised and what I did. But I wanted to ask you when, when you were young back, if you can remember that far, um, did you have any uh, like little odd jobs or like type of ways to that you know to earn some extra spending money when you were a kid? I don't, I don't know that I had odd jobs. I had a pretty regular kid job. I had a paper route for several years when I was like in junior high, high school, uh, along in there. I do remember though. <clears throat> um, funny story about the paper route. So typically in those days, 
um, you know, you'd be a kid on a paper route and, and there'd be a guy who was like an adult who was your immediate boss, you know, uh, who paid you and he would have a bunch of kids and his job was to get the papers and distribute them and, you know, supervise all the kids. And, um, I went through a series of guys who were just like, you know, 40, 50 something guys, real professional, nice guys, et cetera. And then I got, I, and I think it's a route that you buy or you something. I mean, I think it's something that's sort of proprietary. And then eventually there were, uh, there was a guy who like didn't want to do it anymore. I think he sold his route to this new guy who was this like surfer stoner, probably in retrospect, drug addict named Eric. Eric had a truck. Eric never wore a shirt or if he did, it was unbuttoned. He, he had like the perfect like seventies surfer hair. It was uh, Spicoli. Oftentimes. Yeah. Oftentimes he would, uh, show up to deliver the papers and it was very clear he'd been up all night probably doing something to help you stay up all night about 50 percent of that of those times there'd still be a kind of like strung out girl on his uh on his arm who he'd most likely just met that night um so he wasn't really keen on like you know good solid management techniques and things like that <laughs> um so one time uh he the Sunday I was I used to deliver the LA Times, even though it was in San Diego. It was a San Diego County edition of the LA Times. Uh, it wasn't as big as the LA Times most days, but on Sunday you'd get the full-fledged LA Times, and it was like just gigantic thing. It was huge, and they'd have to assemble them all. And so you know we'd get them partially assembled. We'd put like the you know we put them together, wrap them, and and, and we you know take send them to, you know around to our route. But um, one time he he asked me and a couple of my buddies if uh, we wanted to do the assembly because he didn't want to do it because it was a Saturday night and he wanted to like, you know, go on a cocaine bender or something probably. So he, um, he asked us to do it and we're doing it and it's getting later and it's getting later and it's getting later. And we have to get up for our, like five o'clock for our routes and it's getting to like midnight. It's getting to be like one and we're still not done. And there's so many papers and it's taking so long. There's so many different pieces to each one. And so finally we're like, man, this sucks. We got to get out of here. Let's just hide the rest of them so we just hid the rest of them like under these old papers and things like that and just said yeah yeah we're done we're done we're good not i mean just didn't think this through so the next the next morning i.e like four hours later when he when he like comes to deliver my papers he is livid he is livid and he goes off and he's like yelling and cursing and stuff because we had hit the papers and he was like, why, where, I'm missing like, you know, 500 papers. Where are they all? And he found them like unmixed and he had to do it himself. Oh, so, um, so I did that. I did babysitting. I, you know, I did, I did a couple odd jobs, but I never really did. You like, didn't hide the baby, did you? I didn't hide the baby. Yeah. yeah I don't know where your children are. I, I haven't seen them. But they're quiet. Um, uh, they're in the hamper under the clothes. Uh, no, I, I, uh, I didn't, I never did that kind of like, you know, cleaning up around the neighborhood, uh, stacking wood, you know, Hey, Mr. Can I shovel your driveway type of stuff? I never did any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I, I could see you as a paper boy. Uh, I also was a paper boy. I, I did that for a year. I remember I had my dad actually welded a basket on my dirt bike, which was nice. I mean, helpful, but also a little top heavy, um, I, at, at times, but now, um, no, it's. I think it's nice to, to you know to do uh, work as a as a kid. But I will say this: I do have expectations that seven leaves, not going to happen. So, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I had to I had to turn those guys away. Honestly, dude, I think you missed an opportunity to just say uh, either get off my lawn or I'll give you ten dollars to get off my lawn and not come back. Yeah, I'm not. I'm neither <laughs> of those type of guys. Uh, 
Uh, Danny, I think it's, I think you're just on the cusp, man. I can see it. I can see it. You know, um, speaking of delivery news, um, I think we got a special delivery today, Rap. So what, what's going on? Uh, that, they that's absolutely right. And we, we are on the cusp uh, of another off season. So, um, you know, our off season uh, talk uh, should be underway. I think the first thing we have to do is take a look at get a sense of who's going to stay and who's going to go and what places need to be replenished uh, between now and uh, the beginning of OTAs. Um, so we're going to start today with the offense and the next week when we get together, I think we'll talk about the defense. And in particular, we're going to identify who uh, we think in terms of free agency is going to stay or go, or like what major contracts are going to either pay or not pay. Before we get to that though, um, I'd, I'd love to ask you a kind of offensive off-season related question, which is this. When's the last time that you were upset with the Cowboys for letting go one of their offensive players at the end of a season? Not resigning him or just cutting him outright? You know, I love this question. Um, the thing is, I being, you know, I'm a, I'm a pro front office person. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I've come to bat, you know, to their defense quite a bit. It's hard. You know, I've ran through a list of of these over the years, and it's really hard to find players that I may have been initially upset, like with Des Bryant. That, I was surprised by Des Bryant or, or certain players that I'm thinking they shouldn't have done that. And uh, But more times than not, I find myself uh, not having any issue with, um, with any other decisions. I will say the one that I can remember, and I think a lot of fans feel this way too, it's because it still resonates. It's just a couple years removed. Is the um, trading of Amari Cooper, and um, mm-hmm. you know, of course, everybody's most a lot of people were upset about that. The Cowboys only got a fifth round pick for him, which is really frustrating to listen to because it wasn't anything about that at all. It was basically a salary dump move, and they got something for him. If they could have got mm-hmm. more for him, they would have. It wasn't anything that the Cowboys did wrong but they just made a decision to move on from amari which amari cooper was was and still is a you know a really good receiver so that one um that one's still kind of like mm, i'm not sure about it. but i will say this at the same time i get it you know i get it with cd coming on and they figure like you don't need to have spend all this money on wide receivers and so um so i guess that's probably it for me but if i go back and look at the lyle collins and and you know the Dalton Schultz and getting rid of Schultz here, and then just uh, you down the list. Um, it's hard to really be upset with with anybody that they let go in, in a long time. I don't know, Raps. What what about you? Are there any one? Is somebody I'm missing? No, I don't think there is anybody, and that's I think why the question is so interesting because the Cowboys do tend to retain their own, and in fact, I think you could probably go the opposite direction and say they retain their own to a fault. Yeah, there's actually way more ca- cases where they should have let a guy go mm-hmm. and didn't, i.e., Zeke Elliott. But there's many, many uh, instances like that where they've kept a guy too long rather than letting a guy go too early. I mean, it's hard to remember. I'm trying to really, I'm really trying to remember anybody who left Dallas and flourished elsewhere. Yeah. So I, I will say that, you know, the first one that left to mind for me wasn't Amari. I think that's a really good one, but it was actually like Alvin Harper. I mean, it's been that long and that was a totally different environment. I mean, they, they, they probably would have liked to keep Alvin Harper, but they just couldn't. There were very real salary cap issues as opposed to 
oh salary dump issues or as you know as opposed to some kind of like you know well let's do some kind of calculus on cost benefit analysis type of thing and and it's not worth it it's probably more like what they did with amari um so that was disappointing because you know i thought he was a perfect compliment to uh to michael Irvin. Mm-hmm. but i mean again and again and again it feels like they keep the guys who are really truly good and they even sometimes keep the guys who are only okay and they and they probably keep a lot of them for a year or two too long like jason witten i mean jason witten probably that last contract probably didn't need to be a dallas cowboy you know i, mean, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of instances like that where that last contract that they signed with the cowboys there's actually diminishing returns because they are too loyal especially to uh offensive skill position stars yeah, and honestly, too, if you think about it, if you look, if you go down the list and start uh, naming these players that that they did lose, you know, and, and they, they get good contracts from other teams too, and the Cowboys have mm-hmm. benefited from getting comp picks from absolutely from these players. But then you start to look at it, and you 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 know you think that maybe they're good players and they they might be worth it. But if you look at all the like the Cam Flemings and the you know and just all the all the so I think Jonathan Cooper got a good deal right after leaving the Cowboys, and and Laurent Robinson's a big one, of course. Everybody mm-hmm. talks mm-hmm. about you know you mentioned Alvin Harper, Jeremy Parnell. Remember Jeremy, Jeremy Parnell, Parnell got a big Absolutely. big contract with the Jaguars after the fourteen season. Absolutely, yeah. So it's but see you see these big contracts and you think uh we we might we might have lost a, a good player, but then they go elsewhere and there's just crickets. Like it's mm-hmm. I think maybe Cole Beasley might be one that's like well he did something. You know, I think he was he was doing some stuff in Buffalo. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's yeah, he was a he, he was a good third receiver in Buffalo. Good, you know, good underneath slot guy. Continued to be Cole. Yeah, but there's a lot of them that just mm-hmm. did almost nothing, and it's it's that's right. shocking. Of course, Amari he's put together two really good seasons. So um, that I, I do think he's probably is the one guy that you know falls outside of the. But but again, like I said before, I don't even know necessarily that the Cowboys. We can even call that a mistake because I mean, twenty million you got to spend. I mean, without that twenty million, think about other other positions that you're able to to address, and you have to you want to spread it out. You don't want to saturate your wide receiver position group, and uh, so yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's really hard to be too upset with what the Cowboys have done. And, and honestly, like you know, we've talked about this before on the podcast. Uh, in training camp, I guess it was 2021, by far the best player in that camp the week that we were there was C.D. Lamb. Mm-hmm. It's very clear that he was emerging. And then, and then he, I think he got hurt a little bit, and he didn't quite have that year. But he's come on since then. And so the C.D. Lamb that we saw last year, who's a top three wide receiver, arguably the best player on the team, um, was something that – it was a trajectory that they saw, right? Mm-hmm. And so part of that is – yeah, Amari Cooper costs too much, but part of it is we need to create a runway so that this guy can realize his full potential, which is nearly limitless. And now we're seeing the, the fruits of that. I, I, we would not have seen the 2023 version of C.D. Lamb if Amari had been on the team for another year or two because he would have had to continue to play second fiddle and have game plans built around Amari in certain ways, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I'll tell you what, let's, let's get into what we're going to talk about here today. As, as promised, we'll talk about the offense. We're going to do that via a little game called who stays and who goes cue the clash. Uh, and we're going to run through each of questions. Each of us has some questions we prepared for the other guy. And, um, 
you know, then we'll have a chance to to kind of opine on some on some offensive guys that uh, the Cowboys have to make some difficult decisions about. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I tell you what, I, I'm, I'll give you pride of place because you are, after all, the Nobel laureate. So why don't you go ahead and start us off? What's the first question about offensive uh, decision? So, I mean, I think we need to start at the top, and it's the Cowboys' biggest decision that they have this off season. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about it uh, throughout the week and uh, yesterday in particular. There's different theories about what's going to happen. I think we, we're we all familiar to what the um, financial uh, situation looks like when it comes to Mr. Dak Prescott. So mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, uh, I have a lot of thoughts about this, but I want to ask you, will Dak Prescott get an extension this offseason? And if he does, when do you expect it to happen? I I think he, I think the Cowboys uh, not only want to but have to uh, extend him at almost all costs this offseason. And when I say almost all costs, I mean I think it, you know obviously the number could be so so huge that uh, Todd that Todd France is asking for that they just can't possibly make it happen. But and I, I don't and I don't think they have to strictly because of his cap number in 2024. I think it really just has to do with continuity and the fact that there are no alternatives and he's kind of he kind of has all all the leverage right now Mm -hmm. um you know people are always talking about oh you know Dak's not elite etc i think that may be true he may not be that guy who's in a mahomes like level okay i think we can agree that there's like maybe two of those guys at any one time he's not one of those two Cowboys haven't had a guy that's one of those two since maybe Aikman. Even in Aikman's years, I'm not sure he was one of those two because yeah. I think there were always a couple of guys probably better than him. Yep. Now, he was closer to that level than than Dak is probably, but I don't know they've ever had one of those guys. I'm not sure Staubach was ever one of those guys. So anyway, um, I think the thing that everyone's losing sight of, and this is where Dak has all the leverage, is – the wasteland that lies beyond on the other side of Dak Prescott's career, right? Like the, the Cowboys are going back to Clint Sterner days unless they get lucky again or unless they manage to, to wrangle a first-round quarterback somehow in the 2028 draft or whatever year that is. So I, I, the Cowboys have to understand that life without a top-five quarterback is a horrible horrible life and the fall off and the drop off on this team if they don't have Dak Prescott is going to be so precipitous they have to do whatever they can to sign him they they, they have to realize that yeah they absolutely have to so they're going to they're going to sign him the only reason they won't is if he doesn't want to right it's the, the ball's in Dak's court the number is in Dak's court he can dictate whatever he wants because if he leaves he'll get 60 million dollars a year somewhere else Right, he'll get it on the open market. If they're not willing to pay sixty, he'll get it elsewhere. He doesn't care. Yeah, like you know, I think he'd rather be here. But like, if if they're if they try to lowball him or do some kind of fancy stuff like that, and he and he and they piss him off or whatever, and he wants to go elsewhere, he can. So the only impediment is Dak. If Dak doesn't want to, and I think he, I mean, he wants to stay here as long as the number is fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. So so I think yes, I think he yes, he absolutely will get an, off, an extension, and I think they're going to draw it out as long as possible because that's the way like Stephen Jones believes uh, all evidence to the contrary that, that this should work, and so um, I think that'll probably happen. I don't know, end of camp. End of camp. I think that's uh, first off. I agree with everything you said. I don't even. 
I don't think there's really a lot here to even unpack. I mean, I, I feel like the Cowboys have already made this decision, and by the fact that what they've done and how they've operated with him when you're talking about the no trade clause, no tag clause, pushing money off, it's all set up for him to be extended. There's, I mean, if this if their plan was to get to this point and then decide, hmm, what should we do, then they have completely, you know, dropped the ball on this, which a lot of people might want to th- think that they, they're capable of such, but I don't think so. I think that's that's too harsh. Of, you know, they deserve more credit for that. I think they know what they're wanting to do. Um, I the only thing that I don't know is what type of how they will go about it. To me, I feel like the best thing to do is just get this done. You know, they, they're going to extend them. Let's get it done. If if they can, if the two sides can agree, we we might be able to see something happen. You know, in spring and, and not have to to wait because the Cowboys do need to free up his cap space. So if they don't do it early, then they're going to have to do that restructure thing. And, and to, when, if that happens, then I feel like Prescott even has more leverage because the Cowboys, yeah. they can't be going into a situation where they're going to get him for one more year and have all this money that's going to be owed to him over the course of the next couple, three years against the cap. So, I mean, that's, I can't see that even being an option. So, I mean, we know, we know he's a good quarterback. He's second in MVP voting. Um, I understand people have some concerns about him not delivering in the postseason, which is something that Troy Aikman did, which is why we could even mention him with the with the MVP types that had like mm-hmm. Steve Young and I don't know Brett Favre was having when he was playing really well, he was playing high level. But um, yeah, I just I feel like Prescott is is one of those guys, and you got if you want one of those guys, you got to pay for him. And the Jerry Jones being eight, you know eighty one years old. He does not want to go through this dark period to where we're um, taking chances on this guy or that guy. So I think it's, I really feel like this is a whole lot of nothing. Dak's going to mm-hmm. be here. We just don't know the, the specifics of it. But um, yeah, I would, I say that's, to me, I feel like this is, is one of the easier ones, in my opinion. I, I agree. It's so funny. As easy as it is and as clear as it is, there's still so much to talk about. So just, I think you, you, you've made a lot of really great points. I want to add a couple quick things, one of which is um, you were talking about like it's all been set up for, the, for, for a renegotiation or extension. And I think that that is true. And you look at the contract, the contract is structured for a, an extension. Like it's, it was built so that there would be a, a need to extend at this moment. I also say one other thing to anybody who's listening. This is a graduate seminar in Cowboys footballology. So our graduate students should be ready for this kind of knowledge, which is that the salary cap was created by the owners specifically to limit quarterback salaries. And it has worked and continues to work. Quarterbacks, in terms of their contribution to wins, should probably be, and this is a couple of years ago, so it's like some studies show that a couple of years ago, Quarterbacks, in terms of their contribution, the top ones should probably be paid around $90 million a year. So the fact that they're like the top ones are making 40, 45, 50 means that the salary cap is working in the way that the owners intended for it. So even if Dak gets 60, it is still a huge steal in terms of contribution toward the overall composition of the team and um, and just like, you know, his contribution to wins and to losses. So I think that, you know, we, I know everyone's like 60 million, it's impossible. Oh, there's no way they can survive. But the reality is that's a suppressed salary. And it's, uh, it's a salary that uh, allows the Joneses to uh, build around um, 
him because he's actually underpaid for the value that he will bring, even at that price. Intel is the spark for the dreamers who do. Those with ambitious, out-of-reach ideas begging to become real solutions. They share a vision for how our world and our lives can thrive when bold thinking meets strong silicon. They dream of a life with no diseases, of cleaner, greener, more reliable energy through the power of supercomputing. They dream of trust and privacy for all, of advancing and expanding education by bringing AI everywhere. Intel is the spark to start something new, to build something better, to know that no dream is too daring when you have the right foundation. It starts with Intel. Learn more at intel.com slash starts. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Speaking of of value, though, what about his running mate on the other end of the passing game, C.D. Lamb? Do you think he's going to get an extension this offseason? And if so, I'll ask you the same question you asked me. If so, when? Yeah, actually, honestly, this one to me is the easiest of all of them. Um, I I don't even really think there's much to say here, so I won't. Absolutely, he's going to get an extension. I think Lamb has just demonstrated himself as one of the one of the best receivers in the game. And I know we there's been times where we argue about where he fits and all this. He's he's not quite up there with the Justin Jeffersons and Tyree Kills and Devontae Adams and stuff. I don't know that we can say that anymore. I think he's right up there with those guys. He had a fantastic season. He's a, a great player. The Cowboys are certainly going to keep him. Um, it's going to get done. And so they exercise his fifth-year option. So they do have another year of player control. But as the Joneses often like to do, like they did with Zach Martin and many others before, it's this is where they want to get this extension done is they don't want him to go in and play in last year, you know, mm-hmm. on those contract and hit the open markets. So I think it's going to happen. I do think this one's going to come down to uh, a week before the regular season begins. That's what my CDP, they're going to try to do their best to negotiate and, 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 and make it even look like they may not go into the season without a deal, but no, that's just smoke and, and mirrors and they'll, they'll get it done a week before the season starts. CD lamb, will end up making $30 million a year, something yep. like that. And, and he'll be worth every penny. Pound for it. pound, yep. he may be the toughest guy on the team. Yep. He's incredible. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't um, fault any of that. That, and that sounds exactly right. So for any of this to work with Dak and CD, you know, he needs to be upright. And uh, so one of the most important decisions the Cowboys have on the offensive line this offseason is what are they going to do with uh, – Veteran Tyron Smith. And, I mean, he's coming off uh, one of his better years, to be honest, Rabs. I mean, and uh, but at the same time, he's been one of those players. Like, we just, like, when his contract's up, we just got to, he needs to just walk off in the sunset because that guy has been through a lot. So I want to ask you, you know, is are the Cowboys going to keep Tyron? Is, is he coming back? I think it depends on what the price is, right? So I think that... Um... This is a really, really good draft, a very deep draft, especially at the top for offensive tackles. I think you can get 
like the fifth best offensive tackle, the fourth best offensive tackle where the Cowboys pick. And that can be a guy who might've been a top 12th player in another draft. This is a really interesting draft, especially for that position. I don't know. I mean, I, I think that yeah, strong arguments can be made for the Cowboys trading up and down or et cetera. But that, that aside, I think that that seems to be a really likely target position for the first round. Mm, so yes. you don't want to invest. You don't want to overinvest because um, you don't want to get caught. If you have a big contract with, with to Tyron, you don't want to get caught, you know, where you don't feel like you can draft a guy if you get value at, at such an important money five position. And ultimately they do need to find a replacement. I, th I think last year we have to treat his last year as an aberration, as opposed to a new sort of rule. Um, and so I think they resign him, but it has to be at a point where you can afford to draft a, a replacement because um, you can't not sign him thinking, oh, this is a, this is a deep draft for offensive tackle. And, uh, and then, you know, if that, if that guy doesn't fall to you, then you're, then you're caught with your pants down. They have to have a backup, a guy who can play at a high level to protect their franchise quarterback and his shiny new $60 million a year contract starting week one. And so I think they're going to resign him. I think it'll be a fair deal, but it'll still be a fairly lucrative deal because he did, he did survive the whole year last year and they're going to have to, compensate him uh, accordingly i agree again with you i think that the i i will say this though i i think that if you didn't sign if you didn't have tyron smith you're almost like you better come out of that first round with an offensive tackle because if, if a seam uh awesome richards is your best mm -hmm. choice could be uh, you know to start the season then i don't think that's a good place to be in so i i think that I think there's a lot of factors that come into play here. I think the fact that he, um, I don't think that he's going to be one of those guys where I'm going to go where the money is. I don't think that anything, any of that matters to him. I think he's has a history with this team. The one thing that Jerry Jones does do well is he has great relationships with his players. I think he sticks around. He, he, he the money's not going to come into play here. I do think that similar to last year, the, the Cowboys front office will work this playing time incentive contract to where they can get mm -hmm, it to where mm -hmm. he, it's not just basically, Hey, would you take Tyron for 14 million and just roll the dice? No, it's going to be something to where you're going to pay him, um, you know, based on how much he's available. And you know, the Cowboys did a fantastic job with that last season. I could see them pulling the same thing, giving him a one year type of deal again, uh, cause maybe he feels like he's got another year left in him and whatever they did to preserve his health last season, by golly, it worked because I mean he was had one of his better availability seasons and and talent uh, seasons that they, he's had over the last four years. So that was fantastic. Mm -hmm. So so um, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna keep him, and I think it's gonna be an incentive they steal. And I do think pick twenty four has got offensive tackle written all over it. And I don't think that mean, means anything as far as what happens with Tyron because you gotta no you you've got to you got to keep him so you can draft pure. You got absolutely. Yeah. So the, I guess, and and we can actually table this because I think I I think I, I'm going to want to talk. If you're not going to ask me about it, I'm going to want to talk about other positions on the offensive line a little bit later. But I think one of the things I just want to throw this out there as a question, and then we can kind of bring return to that question when we talk about other offensive linemen. Which is, how do you think the Cowboys feel about T.J. Bass? Um. So right. So let's just let's just okay. hold let's hold off on that. Okay. Let's just. Think about that and ruminate upon it because I think it does factor into this larger equation. But I'm not sure what that, what, it, what, how they feel and where, um, 
what it'll mean for their plans for the future. But, but as as we percolate on that, I do want to um, switch for positions for just a second to talk about, um, you know me, I love those skill position players, to talk about Tony Pollard. Hmm. So Tony Pollard obviously got the one-year the one deal. Uh, you know, they did him a solid, giving him a nice deal, even though there's so much uncertainty in terms of his comeback from the leg injury. Mm-hmm. Looks like he started to really come on about week 11. Like his stats up to week 11, all on so many different categories, very disappointing. Week 11 on, he was one of the most productive running backs in the league on a sort of, you know, according to several different metrics. I think the other thing that happened last year was they kind of mistimed the running back market. I think that they gave him that deal and then suddenly a bunch of running backs who yep. were probably even more household names suddenly got lower deals. Much, and now it's possible lower. it's possible he would have gotten a better deal because he's just more explosive, he's more dynamic, he's more the kind of running back that like a Jameer Gibbs that people are looking for in the current NFL is a home run hitter who can catch passes, who can, who can make a difference in the passing game, which is really where running backs should be judged. And so it's possible that he has more value than those other guys who tend to be more pure running backs, but it's also possible the Cowboys misjudge the market. Um, all that said, are they going to misjudge the market again? Are they going to, are they going to resign him? And if so, what does that contract look like? You know, you really got me thinking about this uh, last time this came up, and because uh, I was pretty much just over, over and done with Tony Pollard, just thinking like it's nothing against Tony Pollard. I love Tony Pollard. I think he's mm-hmm. a great guy and been a really good player. Um, but it's taken me longer than most, but I have definitely fallen into the the line of thinking that running backs don't matter. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there's just so much overwhelming evidence that supports this, and Tony Pollard falls in line with that too because i mean you're looking at four yards of carry after averaging five over five yards of carry his first four seasons i mean at total so it's just to me i think i look at tony pollard and i see i don't see the explosiveness that I, that I, we saw before um there's just something like he's lost a step and you know it's it's almost like you know elliot you know when he he just he lost a step and i just think that the the physics behind running backs supports that and I don't think you can, the Cowboys are actually one of those teams that are afforded the luxury of being able to spend money on a running back. So I think they're going to have to go cheap here. I think they do this in, in the manner of finding a cheap veteran as a kind of a, a safeguard as insurance and then drafting drafting somebody and get some fresh legs on a four-year cheap rookie deal. Now, not a, a Deuce Vaughn, like late, late for it, you know, guy who might not even make the team's type of player, but like a legitimate talent um that they can rely on as a potential new starter. So to me, as much as I love Tony Pollard, um, I don't see how it fits. I don't think the math works for me. I think the Cowboys, um, I think, I think I just don't see a scenario. I don't know how low it has to go, Raz. Probably south of $5 million per to, to get that done, if I'm being honest, because I just, and there's a lot of running backs too that, are available yeah, yeah. this season and this could be you know the cowboys like you you're absolutely right they missed time the last last year but that's not to say that they can't get in if they're a little more patient on a good deal to get like a aj Dillon or somebody for three million or something um so yeah i think there's options out yeah. there and i just don't think i don't think they can afford to keep tony pollard yeah i was gonna say like what i was gonna ask you what the deal would be i was gonna say like what if you got 
you know, three years, 17, 16 and a half, something like that. But that seems like that's a little more than you want to do. Two years at, you know, 11, something like that. It feels like that's a little too rich for you. It is. And uh, another reason too, Rabs, is I, I'm concerned that that what we saw of Pollard, you know, you did mention he improved when he got healthier. I feel like it's not going to get any better. I feel like it's no. it's only going to get worse. It's We're going to get that or uh, the steady decline that goes with the wear and tear of running back position. So even if I we got him for $5 million or something, and people were t- making the same claim last year, like, well, what if Zeke took a pay cut? It's like, I don't want that production. I just don't want yeah, I mean, yeah, so uh, yeah. I, that's why I feel like it's just it's it's a game over for, for Pollard in Dallas. I, I agree, and I think that there's some team that needs that wants a little bit of that explosion that's going to look at the tape from 20 to 21 to 19 and say, ooh, I, I want that Tony Pollard, and they're going to pony up the money for it because they have to because there's some teams that are that are going to have to spend like crazy just to get to the, to the you know, the sort of the floor. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's right. What do you got for me, my friend? So, I honestly, I was smelling what you were cooking earlier there, and I think that's some, very interesting about um, – you know, you're bringing up TJ Bass here. And so I think one of the tougher decisions that the Cowboys do have to make when it comes to their own free agents is going to be Tyler Biotish. So mm-hmm. I, I want to ask you point blank, are they resigning this guy? You know, it's fun. It's funny. Cause you know, we've been talking all night about like the fact that over and over and over, they keep their own. Um, and I think there's been several times in the, in recent years where, especially the last four or five years where we've been really surprised that, that they've kept their own, that, that their ability to keep their own and the fact that they did it, you know, and the, and the places where there are exceptions is because they, there was probably a better player behind them. So we talked about that in terms of Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. I think that was the case with Dalton Schultz and Jake Ferguson. There's a more explosive player with a better all around game behind Schultz. So they let him go. Who's behind Tyler Biotish? Yeah, though I mean, who's behind him? Is, I don't it, think there is any. I don't think there is well, it's, anybody it's, it's, unless. Go ahead. It's Brock Hoffman. That's who's behind him. Yeah. Well, do, do you think TJ Bass can snap? Do I think TJ Bass can snap? So you know, what? I don't know if TJ Bass can snap, but but when I'm thinking when you brought him up to me, I'm thinking there's no way we can have Brock Hoffman and TJ Bass next to each other. Next to each other, and, right? So that, right. If, right. That, if they had to push Tyler out to left tackle, so that means mm-hmm. we got to keep Tyler. Mm-hmm into the left guard. That, to me, I feel like that needs to happen. And then you can afford to possibly live with somebody like Brock Hoffman, which I don't necessarily think is too much of a downgrade and may not even be a downgrade than Tyler Biotis. And I like Tyler Biotis. He's he's very agile and he moves well in space and stuff. It doesn't have the power. And that I think Hoffman actually has advantage there. But Hoffman actually is some athleticism too. So to me, I feel like they can move transition from Tyler Biotis to Hoffman with minimal damage, in my opinion. So, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like, what does that do for TJ Bass? And, and where does he fit in the whole situation? I don't know. But to me, I feel like center is going to be difficult because I don't know that they can afford Tyler Biotish. I think he's priced priced himself out there. He, he's going to command. He's he's a pro bowler in, in year three. He he doesn't – I mean, he didn't have this – it was a little bit of a down year for him. But he's still a really good player. There are teams that are going to be interior linemen, needy players, center needy players, to where I just think that he's going to he's going to get paid, 
and I don't know that the Cowboys really can afford to do that. It, this could surprise me. This could be one I get wrong. I have him. I have him walking. That's my prediction. I have him mm-hmm. walking. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me. I also thought maybe like Lyle might. You know, they wouldn't keep him around. They can't keep all the offensive linemen. But then look what the Cowboys did uh, back then. So uh, and this this can happen too. But I'm I'm leaning towards no Biotish and then rolling with the rookie or with the un, undrafted free agent, which will be in his third year. Brock Hoffman, who I think that they kind of like they were hoping for that could maybe take over this position, give them a little insurance um, to, you know, interior offensive line. Yeah, yeah. I think that um, I'll put it this way. If there's going to be a surprise on offense about a guy who gets re-signed that we're not expecting it, I think this is the, this is the one. Yeah. Yeah, where, where, and, and it might be one of those ones where we look at each other and go, oh, that's not a bad deal. Okay. Where the market's lower than we maybe have anticipated that's, because that's the league doesn't value him as much as we do maybe, or, or he's store, he maybe, you know, he maybe he gets a deal that's only slightly better and turns it down because he'd rather stay in Dallas where he, he, he's, things are familiar, he knows the system, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I, I agree. I, I don't think that, I will say this would be another example of them holding on to a guy who they have a loyalty to holding on to him probably longer than they should if they do resign him because it allows them to be comfortable and, and, you know, allocate their decisions elsewhere. So uh, one other one other one that's probably actually easier than this, frankly. Um, So I'm not sure I even have anything to say unless you say something that just goes way against what I'm thinking. Uh, I'm going to return us to the skill positions and talk about the once great Michael Gallup mm. as he's seen his last days in Dallas. Yeah, that this is a, this is sad for me because I, I similar to a lot of these players I really love too. It's really what talking mm. about like moving on from them because I really think that these are just great great guys. You know, you ever watch the sounds mm. of the sideline and stuff, and you, you just see you know these are and Gallup is one of those guys. Um, but I don't know what happened. Crabs. I mean, the 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 guy we once knew, he's gone, and uh, yeah. I don't I don't know what it's tough to explain. Um, he used to make such some some of these great catches when he high points the ball or drags the toe on the sideline or and those that little you know gallop that he takes you know when he's running down. I mean, he used to be a playmaking receiver, which you know I'd be comfortable with at at wide receiver too, uh, but that player's gone and. You know, the, the year before we were like, well, it's just the knee, you know, you know, what do you expect coming off of that? You know, that was late in the season, but then after last season, I don't even know what it's, it's, it's like, he's, he's broken. And I, mm-hmm. so I, to me, I feel like the Cowboys think they, they can't be paying him his base salary um, anymore. I think they're going to have to take the, take the dead money hit. And uh, he's, they don't have any other guys that would qualify as a, that they would need to designate for a post, you know, June 1st cut. And so this, this is where he falls into me. I, I think they release him. And I think I'll add one more thing, too. I think when he signs on another team, I think people are going to be very surprised to see how low that is. Because, I, I mean, honestly, I could make a case for James Washington having a better resume over the last couple of years or a year or so coming to Dallas and taking, like, the vet minimum, minimum compared to what Michael Gallup has done recently. So, I mean, you could be talking about just a few million dollars one year kind of prove it deal type to where, you know, that's what he'll end up like potentially get him versus. So, I mean, and then we'll look back and say, well, there's no way the Cowboys were going to give him 
pay him eight million base salary or whatever that he's due mm-hmm. this year. So to me, mm-hmm. easy cap casualty. Sorry, I mean I love Michael Gallup, um, but I just, yeah, I just think that that that's pretty, pretty straightforward. Yeah, I, I think he was one of those guys when they when he did resign a couple of years ago. We, that was one of those ones where we were like, oh, really? Oh, we we sort of already thought he was out the door, and it was one of those signings where we we're like, oh, nice, nice get, Cowboys. He held on to him for a couple of years. Oh, that's, this is good. This is a fair deal. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then um, it, it showed us, I think, what happens when. A wide receiver, someone who runs for a living and needs to be explosive when they run for a living, uh, basically is gone for 18 months with lower body injuries. They just lose all that explosion. He has no more explosion. He got a little bit of speed, but it's like build up speed now, and and like his explosion out of cuts is just not there. No. And so he may get he may get it back, but I have to think that he's probably done. Um, he'll probably tag around the league and be like a wide receiver three for a while for bad teams, and you know play for a couple teams. You know, based on based on resume, and you know, we'll so he'll get cut in a training camp in a couple of years ago from the third team he plays for. Yep. And it's just going to be a sad. It's going to be a sad denouement to a story that I agree. He was such a fun compliment to the guys they had. He was a, he was such a classic good like X receiver, such a physical guy, pound for pound. So I I'm going to miss him, but I do think he is done. And I think we're done too, aren't we, my friend? We are done. Um, That is it for our show today. If you haven't yet, please do subscribe to the Blogging Boys Podcast Network. Leave us a rating, write a review, wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, iTunes, or Stitcher. Tell us what you think, anything you would like us to do differently to improve your podcast listening experience. And if you ever want to talk to us about anything at all, any Cowboys hot topics, any players you think are going to stay or go, um, you can... Let us know. You can hit me up on Twitter. I'm at DannyPhantom24. And Rabs, you can find on the street holding a sign that says, We'll talk Cowboys for food. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Don't forget to check out all the great podcasts for the entire week. Every day we got something new for you. Tomorrow we're the World's Team with Meg Murray and Paul Stewart. So make sure to check that out. But that's all we have for today. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hope you have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay happy. Stay true to the silver and blue. And we will catch you later. Study up for the quiz, boys and girls. Intel is the spark for the dreamers who do. They dream of a life with no diseases, of cleaner, greener, more reliable energy, of advancing education by bringing AI everywhere. Intel is the spark to start something new, to know that no dream is too daring when you have the right foundation. It starts with Intel. Learn more at intel.com slash starts.